0: Chapter 20 of From Alien to Citizen The Story of My Life in America by Edward Steiner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter 20 An Irish Providence. The first part of the prophecy which made such an impression upon my childish mind had been fulfilled. I had gone to a far country. The second part looked doubtful, as yet I had not married the rich woman, nor even met her. Since the somewhat tragic love affairs of my boyhood, life had been a series of struggles in which women played but a small part. Sometimes, in the softer moods of my hard life in this country, there rose before me visions of the American girl who, when I was eight years of age, had visited my native town. I had fallen desperately in love with her, and she seemed to reciprocate my affection i remembered the name of the city where she lived and found that it was not far from the place in which i closed my career as a miner. frequently i thought of going there to renew my boyhood's courtship but realizing that i was scarcely in a position to appear as the suitor of a rich young lady i deferred going until the day when my good fortune should smile upon me but the smile never came fortune kept on frowning and when her frown seemed darkest i left the mining patch and went to the place where my american playmate lived the city boasted of being the most wicked in the state with nine of its best citizens in the penitentiary it possessed a number of other unenviable distinctions which need not be mentioned it was a bad city and looked it the odour of beer and spirits permeated its very atmosphere and the influence of the liquor traffic was felt in the schools the courthouse the synagogue and the church the original settlers were germans whose descendants more or less mixed with other nationalities had deteriorated and were sowing the wild oats which were to bring such an abundant harvest in later years I soon learned that the parents of my childhood's love were among the most prominent people in the place, and I did not present myself to renew our old and ardent, if brief, courtship. I did go to the factory owned by her father and ask for work. My application was favorably received, and I was assigned a task which required intelligent attention and kept me employed twelve hours a day. When the night man did not appear, I worked forty-eight hours without intermission except the time for meals the manager of the factory was the owner's son one of the boys who so uplifted my youthful spirit by climbing to the top of the maypole it was a sore temptation to make myself known especially as he frequently came into the department where i was employed "'Once he brought his sister to watch the process of which I had charge. "'Evidently she had forgotten all about me, "'for as I stood there, unconsciously staring at her, "'trying to trace in her beautiful, mature face the little girl I had known, "'she called her brother's attention to my rudeness, "'and I received a severe reprimand. "'Frequently I passed the house where she lived to catch a glimpse of her, "'and when I succeeded it was the one uplift of my dull and dreary existence.' that autumn the severe monotony of my life was relieved by the excitement of an election the first i had witnessed and which gave me an opportunity to see american politics at its worst interesting if not convincing were the trappings of marching clubs the crash of brass bands and the no less noisy political orators while the open-handed bribery and corruption did not increase my respect for this country both factory and boarding-house were invaded by politicians of all grades, while democracy revelled in shaking hands and passing free cigars and free beer ad nauseam. The owner of the factory ran for alderman, for reasons best known to himself, thus giving the election personal significance. On the great day when the votes were cast, the stop whistles did not blow as early as usual, for the entire force had gone to the polls to vote as directed i would have had no difficulty in depositing my vote when it was challenged some one was ready to swear to my right to the franchise but on understanding the conditions i voluntarily withdrew the whole situation disgusted me the ballot-box which in visions i had pictured as something holy enough to be beautiful and precious enough to be carefully protected proved to be a mean-looking receptacle wedged in between a barber-shop and a saloon with the worst element of the community seeming to have charge of its affairs but not guarding its purity the results of the local election were foreknown and properly celebrated the elated citizens marched from saloon to brothel and back again rejoicing with the denizens of the underworld who were most happy over the returns as for the factory it seemed fairly to reel the morning after the election for every one was more or less under the influence of liquor at the boarding-house the day began with a quarrel and ended in a free fight between the irish and the germans who had been antagonists at the ballot-box one evening that winter having replenished my wardrobe and gained sufficient courage to drop my incognito i presented myself with a loudly beating heart at the home of my employer he did not seem especially glad to see me i confess but worst of all his daughter had forgotten all about me she did not even remember kissing me good bye, or the solemn promise she had made to wait for me in view of these disconcerting facts it was no shock to hear that she was engaged to be married frankly while i was not broken-hearted because of the fickleness of the young lady my pride was deeply wounded by her indifference my employer and his wife grew more cordial as the evening advanced, and when I made my adieus I was invited to dine with them on the following Sunday, when my affairs would be discussed in the hope of finding a position more suited to my education. My acceptance of the invitation gave me the opportunity of meeting all the family and feeling the currents of thought and action which governed it the house located in one of the best streets was typically american in its furnishings while the young people whom i had known as children in the old country had grown into typical american men and women but with a noticeable element of coarseness in their makeup, which was most unpleasant the parents felt strong loyalty for the little town beyond the seas and inquired about everything and everybody they had not forgotten their poor relatives whom gradually they had brought to america most of them living near by they still clung to jewish traditions going to the synagogue at least twice a year new year's day and the day of atonement and they never failed to remember the anniversaries of their dead generous and kindly they had won for themselves the esteem of the community although they scarcely rose above its ethical level they were what others were, and did what others did. They broke good laws, helped to make bad ones, and never did anything which their friends and neighbors disapproved. It did not take me long to realize that our ideals were diametrically opposed, and that we had nothing in common. When I saw my fair one vigorously chewing gum, and heard her using slang, my lingering admiration vanished when i asked her whether she loved carlyle and she told me that his name was not carlyle but leopold i was more than reconciled to her having forgotten and forsaken her first love her parents agreed that i ought not to return to the factory they saw very quickly that i had no taste or talent for business and after discussing various possibilities suggested my studying law while i was giving my reasons for not wishing to enter into that profession the young lady said half in jest he talks like a rabbi all the family approved her observation and it was suggested that i ought to enter a hebrew college to prepare myself for the calling for which they had so suddenly decided that i was eminently fitted then i told them my religious views which at that time were unfixed and at variance with orthodox judaism but that seemed to them no serious obstacle the college they said was under the auspices of reformed jews who did not demand doctrinal conformity there was also held out a hope of securing me a position as an instructor this latter possibility was more in harmony with my desires than becoming a rabbi a week passed during which i worked faithfully in the factory on the following sunday i was told that negotiations had progressed sufficiently for me to go to the college and begin my studies the distance was great enough for me to accept an opportunity to make the journey on a cattle train which insured not only a free trip but earned the not inconsiderable sum besides my friends were interested in the sale of the cattle and a certain number of cars was entrusted to me my duty consisted in keeping the cattle from lying down as they were likely to smother one another a long prod was the only tool required so i started for the east an educational career and a possible rabbinate by way of a cattle train there were several other men in the caboose whose duties were like my own with this difference they were professionals while i was an interloping amateur who had kept one of their number out of a job i was made to feel my place as soon as i came among them and every possible obstacle was put in my way to prevent me from performing my duty properly at every station the men left the caboose to inspect their cars and prod the reclining cattle into an upright position at one station the cars having been switched around were out of the order in which i had first seen them this confused me and i prodded the other men's cattle while my own were piling on top of each other when the danger of their suffocating was at its height i was told that they were my own particular kind then my tormentors stood by laughing at my frantic efforts to save the animals i asked for help which was forthcoming only by my paying well for it so a good part of my earnings went to the rescuers of my cattle there was one irish lad in the group who belonged to that species called lowdown irish his wit was vitriolic, and his delight in my sufferings made him invent new cruelties every hour. He compelled me to treat him and his comrades to drink, and when he discovered that I had a twenty-dollar gold piece in my pocket, easily possessed himself of it. Foolishly, I threatened to have him arrested when we arrived at our designation, and that made him anxious to prevent my reaching it. One evening, as I was running on top of the train, going in haste to my cars, I ran against this Irishman, or rather against his outstretched foot, which tripped me, and I fell off the car. As I struck the ground, something seemed to snap in my leg. I could not rise, and although I cried loudly for help, the noise of the engine and the grinding of the wheels drowned my voice. The train moved on, leaving me nearly a hundred miles from the college and a great many thousand miles from becoming a rabbi that experience painful and distressing as it was had among other things this result whenever i think of the irish involuntarily that particularly bad irishman rises before me and i have to compel myself to believe that they are not all like him and yet in the light of subsequent events although this irishman robbed me and gave me a twisted leg when i met him again i felt like thanking him for his cruelty to me Knowing the indirect results of his persecutions, one might almost believe that he was the instrument of the divine providence, and who can say that he was not? End of chapter 20